You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles. I'm very happy to be here today. We have a special guest in the studio, and that's our sister Liz Dolan, who has returned <laughs> safely from the Middle East. <laughs> yes, this is Liz. I'm back here in the Wondery studio in West Hollywood, but I'm back from, I was in Qatar uh, in the Persian Gulf for I don't know, a year, a week, <laughs> I, I don't remember. But you'll you'll hear more about that later. All right, and Julie, you're there in Dallas, Texas. Yes, this is Julie Dolan, oldest sister in Dallas, Texas, safely secure in my closet in order to bring you excellent sound. And Liz, we're ha- we missed you last week, and we're so happy that you're back, and we look forward to hearing about your trip. Yeah, well, I got to say, I listened to the show, of course, and I really enjoyed your improv. <laughs> that was good. And about some 20th anniversary concepts we can develop for next year. So good work. Thank you. I really felt like it was inspiring. It surprised us. We were shocked that the whole episode worked. We didn't know what was going to happen. We we didn't know. We were slightly unenthusiastic, and she brought it out of us. So she thank did. you, Liz. I liked thank it. you. Thank you. Well, Liz, we are going to hear all about your trip. Full report in segment B. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you picked a great time to leave the country, Liz, because nothing was happening. You know, that's it. <laughs> I mean, I, there's nothing on the front pages yeah. of the newspaper that... News alerts on my phone just stopped ringing. Yeah. It's just same old, same old. Yeah. So good time to be out of the country in a bubble. No news is good news. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where I was. The biggest news, the biggest political news, which was the lead story on the radio in uh, Doha, Qatar, where I was, is that the emir went to Jacques Chirac's funeral. Oh, so that, wow. Yeah. That was the number one story on the news. So there I, you go. I, I didn't even know Jacques Chirac died. I said, <laughs> that's that's how much you've been, news there. You've been in a news blackout, <laughs> yeah. Lynn. You missed that. I've been in a blackout for sure. <laughs> all right. So today you're going to hear all about uh, Liz's time in Doha. You're going to hear some track and field, but we have arts, culture, travel. You're going to cover, you kind of cover it for us like a foreign correspondent. Yes, I am. All right. But Julie, you and I are bringing it on home because we have some entertaining sisters. Uh, while Liz was in in a foreign country, we were watching television, right, Joel? We were watching television <laughs> uh, and we have some excellent recommendations. I have a whole new uh, reading list for people that I want people to take care of and some breaking Chip and Joanna Gaines news, which, of course, that makes any show, right? It does. It's it, it, it elevates any show. It elevates any show. All right. So first, I want to do a quick follow up. Last week, I told you that I was emceeing the Ladies Night Out fundraiser for the Cancer Support Community Pasadena. And uh, it's an all women's fundraiser. That's the deal. Women are invited. They all get dressed up. They bid on those auction items, and they raise money for the cancer support community. And I mentioned that the theme was Mamma Mia. Yes. I would just like to put this out here. Mamma Mia is the best theme ever for a fundraiser. I mean, I don't care what you're planning. Change the theme and make it Mamma Mia. Because people love Mamma Mia. They love the movie. The women went crazy i mean they brought it they they ordered costumes off of etsy they made their own costumes they were in the full sequined you know outfits that the singer, a lot of jumpsuits the jumpsuits that the band wore the the cute blue jeans with the ruffles on the bottom those apparently can be purchased somewhere because a lot of women were wearing them people were dressed like the meryl streep character and just the overalls and the headscarf First of all, a headscarf is very flattering on most people, <laughs> particularly if you're going through chemo. So it's a good luck for a yes. cancer fundraiser. And then if you weren't doing that, you were doing beach wear, beach inspired wear, cute dresses, hippie skirts. Uh, it's a fantastic theme. <laughs> people went nuts. So I just want to put it out there to charity auction people all over the place. Mama Mia. 
And then, it's, can, you know, and it's timeless, Liam. It's timeless. Right? I mean, it's, it's timeless. timeless. I mean, maybe you've already got your fundraiser plan for this year, but you can but you can definitely pitch that idea for next year. It's yeah. still going to work. Yeah. And, then and, the, it, and it comes with a soundtrack. Soundtrack, Liz. So you don't have to worry about any of the music cues. No. You got it. It's fantastic. The walk-on, walk-off music was all like Dancing Queen and Fernando. And then the DJ just played hits from the era mixed in with a couple of contemporary hits. And again, after the live auction, we're we raised a lot of money all 230 women got up and danced with each other so <laughs> mama mia here we go again so there you go that's my psa for today mama mia still the theme okay <laughs> all right well i had one little note i wanted to make about my day yesterday so yesterday is when i actually flew home from doha Qatar to los angeles and that is a nonstop 16-hour flight. So Ugh. so the good part of that is the nonstop part, Jewel, right? Because you don't want to... Right, that you're not like hanging around, mm-hmm. spending hours, connecting, all of that. Yeah. What's, but what's the bad part, Liz? <laughs> well, 16 hours is 16 hours. And I always just say to myself, it's just a day. You just got to like move in and uh, it's a day. It's a normal day. And luckily I'm traveling business class. So you got a little bit of a space to move around. You're in kind of a pod. Um, but because I was coming from Qatar, which is a small peninsula in the Persian Gulf, you know, the route back, the air route back is different than you would normally think well you just you know head east from LA like across New York across London well of course you don't do that of course <laughs> of course you go up and over the pole which right. I which I've done many times because when you fly to Europe from Los Angeles you go up and over the pole to Heathrow or to anywhere but those are always night flights which means you're flying over all of that terrain in the dark and really not that much to look at but yesterday when you leave Doha at you know dawn you're flying first over the Persian Gulf and then Iran for a long section and then the vastness of Russia and then up and over the North Pole, which you're now seeing in daylight. Yeah. So oh. so it's kind of cool. It's close as I'm going to get to going to the North Pole. Right. And I enjoyed that. And you're really feeling like now you're in the middle of nowhere, right? You might as well be in space. And then in the <laughs> middle of that, believe it or not, this is either a good development or the end of the world. My cell phone rang. Are you and kidding? On a plane when you're over the North Pole? Yes, Your cell Julie. phone rings? Because I was on the airplane Wi-Fi, which was miraculously working because it's a satellite system. And uh, I was doing some work. My cell phone rang. It was your son, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I look at my phone and I realize that's who's calling. And I thought, well, there's no way the phone is going to work up here. So I answered it. And it worked. Yeah. Hey, Aunt Liz. (laughs) Yeah. And we had a long, lovely conversation. We're working on something together. So he was just checking in. But I'm like, Brooks, I'm literally (laughs) over the North Pole right now. And then a flight attendant came by and I thought, am I really supposed to be talking on my phone? Like, it's not against the rules. Yeah, it, it is, right? I don't know. I don't know. So I kind of turned away and hid, but I didn't hang up. I just completed, I completed my <laughs> Oh, com- that's good, Liz, because I think they don't want you talking on the cell phones because it interferes with the navigation system. Oh. But I'm sure if you're just turning away and not hanging up, that won't have any impact. So this is what I mean, Julie. It's either a good development or it's the end of the world. And I don't really, I don't really know which. But in the moment... Because it was basically Monday all day when I was flying in every time zone I was in. It was like the first day of the work week. And there's work to be done, Julie. Things are happening. (laughs) So I was concerned that I would be incommunicado the whole day. And not not only was I communicado on my my laptop, I was... And so after so after that, I made a couple of calls. <laughs> I just, Liz, I, I just could not stop myself. It was so enjoyable to call people and say, "I'm literally over the North Pole right now." I just thought I'd say, hi. <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, Liz." Well, then you're you're gonna love this because you brought us this news before, and this is really uh, some great news, Liz. It is really happening. Happening. NASA said that the first all-female spacewalk is back on. Nice. So I know you're making telephone calls from the North Space. Pole. Uh, we're going to have the first all-female space uh, spacewalk. So mark your calendars. This The first spacewalk is going to be October 21st. I don't have the time. You'll have to check that out. 
And as you know, Liz, as you reported at Satellite Sisters, it got botched the first time because they didn't have medium-sized spacesuits for the women to wear. Somehow, oops, they forgot yeah. to pack those mm -hmm. on the International Space Station. But this time, they're all set. They've got the medium-sized spacesuits, and Christina Koch and Jessica Meyer are going to do the walking. So they're going to go out in space. Their big assignment is that they have to install some new batteries. Okay, so that's, that's what they're going to do. As you recall, you may have that Anne McLean was originally scheduled to walk but she had to return to Earth uh, because of some improper access to her partner's financial records from space. <laughs> oh, that's so right. I think you know you're in trouble. You know, sometimes yeah. you've been sent home from school, but when you are sent home to Earth, you know right. <laughs> that you're in trouble. Yeah, she's doing anyway, some crime. Christina Koch yeah. has been out there for a long time, Liz, mm -hmm. waiting for this spacewalk. She says she realized that this is really, you know, one big giant step for for females, and she's really looking forward to doing it. And Jessica Meyer, so she's uh, she's going got the got the second position on it. She's just happy to be there and to be happy to be part of the team. So um, I think that will be really exciting to see them in their medium-sized suits <laughs> on October 21st. That is exciting. Christina and Jessica, congratulations. Very yeah, historic. Yeah. I would like to suggest a theme for the spacewalk. I think Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, just suggesting that. NASA, okay. if you're listening, Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one other comment on that, because we have often spoken on this show about how most of us are not really suited for space travel because mm -hmm. of the smallness of the spaces in space. Yeah. So, Julie, we're in a new studio today at Wondery. So we're back at the Wondery Network, but we're in a new studio that they built for a new show that they're doing just temporarily. And it's it's lovely. But it, it's cozy. And when we walked in here today, Leon shut the door. She's like, uh-oh. I might, I, I might get a little claustrophobic in here. <laughs> well, perhaps, Leon, you could put on a medium-sized space yeah. suit and step outside, <laughs> change some batteries at Wondery Studio. You know, just do it, Leon. Recreate it for us. All right. Uh, uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to hear all about Liz's trip to Doha. Um, but first, we want to promote a few things coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks. I'm taking a couple of weeks off. So our sister Sheila Dolan will be back for the next two shows. She's committed to two. Yeah, she's committed to two. She's. I mean, she doesn't sign on the <laughs> dotted line or anything. Right, that's why. You, you, I, think, I think we have to provide transportation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and snacks, Liz. You're so going to have to bring come come with snacks. Yeah. But, you know, Sheila comes with a whole different set of, like, news items than the three mm. of us would normally come up with. Right. So who knows? We just have no way of predicting yes. uh, what we're going to cover with Sheila. But she's very excited to be stepping in. Yes. And uh, you're also going to be talking to Lauren from Wild Terrains next week. Remember, we talked to her in the spring about her women-only trips. They've added a couple of locations. So, But we're going to be talking about um, just travel trends in general. But they're going to Portugal and Copenhagen now, which are two real travel hotspots. Yes. Hot so yes. if you're interested in either of those locations, Lauren is going to be talking about just in general travel in that area so that's good and then you may have a couple of other surprises up your sleeve for we do uh, for various things so fantastic okay sisters it's time for my uh report from doha the i have sporting news i have art news and i have travel news mm -hmm. uh but first i have congratulations there were uh some of you did manage to figure out where i was going when i said that on the show a couple weeks ago that i was going to a place i had never been on an airline I had never flown, on a body of water I had never seen, um, and something that would potentially be on television. So I, in fact, went to Doha, Qatar for the World Track and Field Championships right there on the Persian Gulf. And uh, why, you may ask? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we know you're a track fan, Liz. You're a yes, sports fan, yes. you're a track fan. Yeah, we went to the Olympics, we went to the track every night, right, Liz? Right, right. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's why I went this time. You probably don't know this, but the next World Championships for track and field will be in Oregon in August of 2021. And I am working on the branding, marketing, and communications 
uh, for Oregon 21. So you're probably saying, I didn't know the world championships were coming to Oregon, to which I would say, exactly. That is... <laughs> no, I was saying free tickets for me. That's what I was saying. <laughs> but here's another thing you probably don't know. The world championships for track and field have never been in the United States. That shocks me. Yeah. Yeah, that, like that they never were in Los Angeles nope. at the Coliseum and in nope. the Olympic or venues. New York. Yeah, or we we have a lot of athletes. How is that yeah. possible? Julie, not only do we have a lot of athletes, but Team USA is just hands down the best in the world. Like not for nothing, but Team USA just crushed the rest of the world <laughs> in Doha. Did you know that Team USA won more gold medals in Doha than Kenya, Ethiopia, Jamaica, and China? combined. So just in, in case you think it's close, it's not close. It's not, I mean, there are some events. Because there are fantastic athletes from all of the countries that you just ticked yes, off. Yes, yes. But Team USA completely rocks. And so, and I was lucky because I was there working specifically with Team USA, because obviously when the world champs are in the USA, people, it's sort of a hometown thing right. with our own team. So I was I was staying in the hotel where Team USA was, and so I was sort of behind the scenes at everything they were doing. Germany was also in that hotel. Oh, so some attractive athletes this from is Germany. Some very tall. Yes. <laughs> I mean, track athletes in general are super handsome, they are. and they just yes. have incredible bodies based on what their sport is. Yes. I mean, but the Germans in particular seem to stand out. Well, Leanne, so. you, you would have enjoyed some of my elevator rides. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say okay. about that. I know they have other excellent qualities. I'm just saying like, yeah, wow, they're just yeah. a good looking group there. So here's the thing. So at the stadium uh, for the World Track and Field Championships, for the, for the first half of the meet, I'd have to say that Qatari attendance was pretty sparse. Yeah. Um, but there aren't that many Qataris in Qatar. Uh, they're only 10% of the population. Really? Yeah. Qataris are only 10% of the population of Qatar. The rest are guest workers from all over Asia and Africa. So the good news was the stadium was jammed with huge numbers of Kenyans, Ethiopians, Algerians, Moroccans. Oh. And these are people who win large numbers of medals right. at these kinds of events. So that was super. So many Kenyan runners and Ethiopian runners do well. The crowds would just go crazy. So, um, yeah, big pockets of uh, representatives from those countries singing, dancing, chanting, flag waving. Oh, so that, that sounds like a really fun international event, Liz. Exactly, Julie. It felt much more international than many that I've been to because really so many countries were represented. So I'm going to give my my personal team spirit awards. The gold goes to Kenya. They were awesome. They the most. They had the biggest flags. I would say Kenya. <laughs> Uh, silver goes to Ethiopia, mm. you know, because they were just like just screaming their hearts out. And, and they then, can run in those middle distances. Oh, my the God. Ethiopians. Yes. 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 They won a lot of medals. Yeah. And then India gets the bronze because India cheered for everyone. They had a, few, a handful of good athletes out there, but they were really just really in the spirit of the whole thing. So well done, uh, Kenya, Ethiopia and India. But then all of a sudden, sisters, all of a sudden one night the stadium was packed. Like we went from half full most nights to so full that we couldn't even find a seat. We ended up like sitting on the steps in our section because who knew that the number one national hero in Qatar is a high jumper named Mutaz Essa Barshim. Oh, huh. Yeah. He's the biggest sports hero in the whole country. I have and never heard of him. Me neither. Uh, but he won gold at the last World Championships in London. Oh. Uh, and so guess who won gold again? It was very exciting. Oh, that must have yes. been very exciting oh, for, for to have the hometown athlete win. I love that. Oh, That's great. Julie, they went crazy. It was so, it was really, really exciting. And we were like crushed in this section. As I say, my friend Nancy and I, who are both working on this, we were just sitting on the steps in this entirely uh, Qatari section and people just went wild. And, you know, sometimes the high jump, it can, it's a little hard to follow. It is because it's sort of in the middle of the field yeah. and it's hard to see unless you're right in front of it. And the track. Yeah, so we were right in front of yes. it. So we we purposely picked that section of the stadium to sit in that night. But little did we know it was going to be just the highlight. So, oh, fun. 
So well done, Barshim and everyone around us. They were really getting into it. It's like when we were in Rio and the, the Brazilian won the pole vault. Remember oh, yeah, that yeah. and how nuts the Brazilians went. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was. it's fun to see the hometown athlete win, whatever the hometown is. So great. You know, it's actually an advantage to many of these countries that they don't have that many winners <laughs> because because when they <laughs> how do does, how does that work Liz Dolan no I mean from a marketing point of view it just means you can really focus <laughs> on two or three people you know it's like you know this guy Barshim like he's number one and there is no number two right but even like in the UK you've got your Dean Asher Smith right. you got your Mo Farah people like that but they don't have dozens of gold medal winners whereas the United States of America people good news bad news we have dozens right. of medal winners right so again from a marketing point of view it makes it very complicated right okay so here's another thing I would say about being in the stadium and Lee and you remember when we went to the Brazil Olympics the the concessions were a little thin right like the there wasn't a lot of the food and drink in the stadium. Right. It was it was um, unpredictable. The first night we were there, 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 they, the Brazilians in their t-shirts, they were there standing behind the counter. We went to get food. And they said, "Oh, there's no food," <laughs> but it was they were there, Liz, they were there. and that they had all the Coke things and they were empty, but they were there. <laughs> like there were people there. They wanted to give us food, and yes, then they, they did. They got it together over the next couple nights. But again, the Olympics is once. Ever. You it's, know? Come, it's come and go. You don't you kinda, get a second try. Yeah, you really have to nail it there yeah. the first time. But they so, had delicious mm-hmm. beer. <laughs> yes. So they did. So basically, right. The first few nights, Julie, when we were, well, most nights when we were in Brazil, yeah. really, the only thing they had to sell was beer. But that was fine because there's downtime during track meets. So we would go out, get a beer, come back, and we'd be ready to go. Well, just. That's good. You know, it's sustenance. Beer yeah. is a good sustenance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, just a warning uh, there's no beer. Or there's, there's no, no al- beer in Qatar, right? No, yeah, no. that's there's no was... alcohol of any kind in Qatar. So, um, just I just want to say this to the people going to the World Cup in in 2022. Uh, just bear that in mind as you're making your plans. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to manage that right. with, the, with the World Cup crowd. Um, that is yeah. hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they're but... just suspending. You know the laws. I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean, we were fine. But and it was because we we're just talking about one beer each. People, we we were getting we were getting hammered. We would have one beer yeah. in the you know in the festive we cups believe you, Liam. in the we collectible believe. cups. Oh, the yeah. collectible cups. Right, yeah, that, that was, was the nice. real motivator. Yeah. Okay, so just a couple of behind the scenes observations back at the hotel because, as I said, I was traveling with the U.S. team. I was at their hotel with them. So it's training table morning, noon, and night there. So just a little like Operation Sea Turtle warning. Like eating all your meals with world class athletes based on that is not a good long term plan. <laughs> you could not believe all the food they had out at every hour uh, of the day. So that's, I'm just got to get back on back on the horse now that I'm home. And a lot of like labna, you know, those delicious, super creamy Middle Eastern dips and things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Yeah, I smeared a lot of that on everything. <laughs> but so, but here's what an example of what it's like for the athletes. So uh, we had a big gold medal in the shot put, in the men's shot put. Joe Kovacs, you may have seen, very dramatic, won the shot put. And uh, I was talking to him the next day and his wife, who is both his coach and the men's shot put coach. Really? Is Joe Kovac's wife. Oh, wow. She, very cool. So, you know, you finish the athletic event late in the evening. Then you spend time in what they call the mix zone, which is when you answer all the press questions. Then you have to go to doping control, you know, because if you win, they, then they have, they have to do the urine testing. So by the time you get back to the hotel, it's 2.30 in the morning. Okay. And so they said they got back at 2.30, and that there was a brief, you know, time in there where there was no food out at 2.30 in the morning. So they went to, there's a champion's bar, actually, in the hotel. (laughs) They went to the sports bar. And they were, you could get beer in there, but there was no food at 2.30. So they said, we tried to get food at 2.30 at Champions, but they were not serving. So then they come back into the main part of the hotel. But by then, the marathon, which started at midnight, don't even get me started on that, the marathoners had all come back, so now it's like 3.30 in the morning, and they put out new food for the marathoners. <laughs> so the gold medal winning shot putter was saying, thank God we could just go over and steal all the food from the marathoners. <laughs> so that's what it's like in these hotels. Just everybody's constantly eating, eating, eating training, training, eating, eating, training. It's a lot. 
Uh, yeah, you know, it says a lot. That's a lifestyle. I think I could get into it. Just eat and train. I like it. I like it. Yeah, the athletes, they travel so much, they don't even really care where they are in the world. Is that fair to say, Liz? They're just sticking to the schedule that they know, regardless, right? I, I would just say this for all of us who have ever had jobs that required a lot of travel. You know how, like, eating well, sleeping well... Um, just getting any exercise at all is really hard just for a normal person. Now, imagine if you're a world-class athlete and you have to be a peak performance. Literally. Yeah. And you're trying to make all those things happen. I just can't imagine doing that. So so anyway, so you see these athletes during their downtime at the hotel, which is kind of interesting. I'm just fascinated about how how they spend their transition time and how they do transition from like these peak performances where you have like 19 seconds to change the world (laughs) and then you spend the whole next day like sitting in the athlete lounge you know playing video games or something so you know you see people that come home like the day before like Noah Lyles right wins the the 200 like very dramatic what a charming fantastic young man I got a chance to talk to him and so like the next day he's he called it his James Bond day he got like all dressed up. This is a few days after the, the 200. He's like, he's very stylish. So he's uh, he's wearing this striped jacket. Looks very cool. And on his Insta, he's posted, he says, it's James Bond Day. So the, <laughs> the name is Lyles, Noah Lyles. So, so that's what he's doing like during the downtime. But then that night, he's the anchor leg on the, on the relay and he's winning the, the gold medal. And you think... Well, four hours ago, you were just hanging around taking your James Bond Instagram photos. <laughs> so it's just amazing that you can go from these peak, um, like highlights of your life, and then down again, and then back up again. And the same for the people that don't have great performances. Like there's yeah. a, a a runner. Her name is English Gardner, who who fell. And if you watched it all, you see, you literally see her like laying on the track, pounding her fists against the right. track because she has fallen at, you know, in this big performance of her life. You know, the next day I'm standing next to her, like in the lobby of the hotel and she's just dressed like a normal person. They have to just bounce right back right. and get ready to go at it again. They have to have another training day. Sydney McLaughlin, who had this amazing performance in the 400 meter hurdles, she got a silver medal against uh, Dalila Muhammad, who won a gold medal. American Dalila Muhammad set a world record. So Sydney like had the performance of her life and still lost. Yeah. And I'm going to tell tell you people, I know it seems harsh, but when they don't win a gold medal, they feel like they lost. I don't care what you say about how you would be happy with a silver medal. <laughs> Sydney McLaughlin did not go to get a silver medal. And so you yeah. just see her and you think, well, it's just and, and again, they have to bounce right back. So that was all really interesting. Deanna Price, Leanne, the hammer thrower. Yes. Like, okay, this is inside because in Rio, we ended up seated next to her parents. Yes. Remember? You talked about you talked about that on the podcast. Yeah. Right. Remember they she was such a late she was such an unexpected member of the team. Like her parents literally didn't even know where they were. They yeah. they had just arrived. They had to get last minute tickets. They barely had hotel rooms. They didn't and this was the crime. Did not even bring flags. They had no <laughs> flags. And she was competing and I ended up giving them my flag like go yes. down. Watch her. You've got the flag. Yeah, mm-hmm. cuz we were sitting with a lot of the Americans there. Yeah. In, in so, Rio. so she, I, I, so she was there. She won a gold medal. In, Incredible in, in Doha. So right. I, I had a chance to talk to her. Normally, I don't have my pictures taken with the athletes, mm-hmm. Julie, because I feel like, you know, everybody else does. I'm trying to be there as a professional. But with Deanna Price, I was like, Deanna, we saw it with your mom in Rio. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I took my picture. So you're pretty tight with them now. Uh, I well, think yeah. You know, I'm just another functionary, though. They live in their own world. And then another athlete I took my picture with the night the night after the marathon, the women's marathon, which was run in just these brutal conditions. Uh, the bronze medal winner, Halalia Johannes of Namibia, she like they they had the medal ceremony, and then she came and she sat down next to me <laughs> in the stadium. She's still wearing her bronze medal, Julie. She's not, she's with her, I don't know, coach or husband or brother or someone. I so, think that's great. I'm glad it means so much to them. They make some, put in such a sacrifice and effort. That's all. I'm glad they have those moments. Yeah. yeah. 
So I gave her I have these Oregon 21 pins that I made up. So I gave Oh, she, you did? She's the first person I gave an Oregon 21 pin to. <laughs> just like, we'll see you. And then her husband slash coach slash brother, whatever, he took the pin and he asked me, where's Oregon? And, and, and I said, it's just north of California. They were very happy to hear that. <laughs> Very happy to know. That's a good answer. So, Liz, you know what your your work is that you have cut out. You got to have to have a map. Like it's here nuts. is Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So it's super retail when you're going one pin at a time, getting people excited about coming to Oregon. So okay. So other than the sporting event and the behind the scenes, like I think I posted a video of this. I was in the athlete lounge at the hotel when that new event, the mixed relay. That ran. was fun to watch. It was. Fun the event watch. was yes. fun to watch, yeah. And I was standing in the back of the room while the rest of the team was watching their team win. And it was just thrilling. And they were all jumping up and down and screaming. So I posted that video. I think that was on the Instagram, yeah. right? Right. Anyway, so, so okay, other than this, uh, the actual sporting performances and being behind the scenes, because that was all great, let me give you some other thoughts about time in Qatar. One, I would have to say what is a what I'll call a cultural note of cognitive dissonance for me. It's just I really struggled with watching the amazing performances on the track from women all over the world, especially the Africans and the Americans. You know, you see these spectacular performances, but they're being watched from the stands by fully veiled women. Yeah. And I just, I, I, you know, I don't know what, what are those women in the stands thinking of the women on the track and the women in the field. And I would have loved to have been able to ask, but there just wasn't that opportunity. But I just don't know what that would feel like right? if you were in that kind of culture and you're seeing those women out there just doing amazing things with their bodies, right, that you are not able to do. So oh. I feel like I'm. it's not like you want to go up and interview them about how does this make you feel or right. isn't it? But it just, for me, it was a real moment of, as I say, cultural dissonance, uh, cognitive dissonance. And of course, there I've been all over the world. Cultures are different. I get it. Religions are different. I get it. But that was really a struggle for me. Plus, you mentioned it It was hot. Oh, there. my God. So, it's the, so there's hot. just like a physical comfort that you just yes. think. You can't imagine no. being right. so hot right. and being fully <laughs> veiled in black. Yeah. The, men, the men all wear white and the women all wear black. Right. So I don't know what that's about. So, yeah. And on a related note, in a sports stadium, in that kind of cultural environment, there are no ladies' rooms. <laughs> there are, let's just say there are very few ladies' rooms. So we learned pretty quickly on, like the first couple of nights, Nancy and I would go to leave and try to find a bathroom on our way walking to the bus. And it was like men's room, men's room, men's room. Men's room. Like wow. you had to kind of memorize where the ladies' rooms were, which were really just repurposed men's rooms because there just aren't that many. In a, in a sporting facility, I guess they wouldn't expect uh, that many women in the audience. So again, yeah, no. I mean, but that's why, like, you would never know that unless you traveled there, yeah. you know, and that's so to, you know, to, uh, that is a cultural insight that you picked up because you were there. So yeah, that's so, interesting, you know. So maybe it's good that all the women who attend the uh, the FIFA, the World Cup, won't be able to drink any beer because right. there are no ladies' rooms. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> the, just, just, just a warning, just a warning. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't drink. There you go. That's... Okay, then I would like to make an art note, arts and culture. The the one day we had a chance to take off, we went to the Museum of Islamic Art in Doha, which design, was designed by I.M. Pei. And oh my God, it is so gorgeous. He was coaxed out of retirement at the age of 91 mm. to design this building. And he just died in May of this year. So I don't know, maybe it was the last thing he ever did. But so the museum itself is influenced by ancient Islamic architecture, but yet it's a super modern design involving all these geometric Patrick's uh, patterns. So it, it has the ability, Julie, to look both ancient and modern at the same time. And I think Liz, you, you put up some videos of those and they, it was it looks amazing, both dead, both in the daylight and then at night too i yeah. love seeing the pictures at night yeah yeah so if you go to doha that's a that's a must do um and this is the first museum of its kind anywhere in the arab states around the persian gulf that is a complete collection of 14 centuries of islamic art so wow oh, oh that's just amazing that's, that's worth the stop list yeah so it's and it's tiles manuscripts 
items of everyday use like plates, bowls, mm. lanterns, amazing rugs. Very, very beautiful. So that was that was a real highlight. Um, and I noticed on TripAdvisor when I read up planning for my trip that there were lots of good notes about what to do during a layover because lots of people who stop in like Doha or Dubai, it's because you're on a layover on a long flight coming from another part of the world. And I would say, you know, I mean, this was enjoyable for me because I was there for the World Track and Field Championships. But a layover, that seems like just about the right amount of time to spend there. <laughs> Again, it, it was everyone was very gracious, but it's not a place like if you're on your person on my personal bucket list. Right, right. It's I, you know, okay, check. Um, if you're interested in like camel rides or dune buggies mm. out in the out in the desert. Um, you could go do that. I've done, not. I did not do that. <laughs> I, I, I did not. I think that. I think you. That sort of states your position on those things, Liz. <laughs> and one last travel hack, and this is like a lesson from many of the travels we have all done. Pick an event for your next great bucket list vacation. Pick a sporting event or like this or going to the Olympics or, Julie, when you and I went to the Australian Open. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an amazing organizing feature for a great vacation because you're doing something that is super local. And so you get a chance to actually meet a lot of the local people. But there are also people in from all over the world. So you're meeting people from all over the world. And it was that part of it was just great. So if you're not a sporting event person, a a cultural event, like go to the Venice Biennale or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. Don't, I've always wanted to go to the Fringe Fest in Edinburgh. Like, I've always wanted to do that I too. I think that would be a fun thing to do. Yeah, I've always wanted like a film festival. is It's just a great thing. How about a balloon festival? Those That's are right. fun too. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to make it an international trip, but just organizing it around a festival. Good I, idea. I agree. As a matter of fact, Julie, this weekend I will be in Bend, Oregon, for the film festival. Liz, so, you're just you're a hero. Liz. Yes. So that's my number one tip for future vacation planning like pick an event where you get a chance to really experience the place and meet all the people all right so liz i know we're going to get questions about this how do people get tickets to oregon oh, 21 that's an excellent question yeah, because they can start planning now i mean it's going to be great oh brand new stadium there's fantastic a, athletes. Mm -hmm. Every athlete that won a gold medal qualifies mm -hmm. for Oregon 21. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Eugene is a small town, so you probably have to get on it, right? Yep. You have to, here's what you do. Uh, we just launched the website last week, as a matter of fact, Leanne. So Way good question. Go. If you go to Oregon21.com, you can sign up for the newsletter that will provide all of the news and information as we lead up to the ticket sales. The ticket sales begin the day the Tokyo Olympics end. So, uh, like, everybody has to get through the Olympics first. Mm -hmm. And the Olympic trials are also in Eugene next summer. So the summer of 20, the Olympic trials will be in the brand-new Hayward Field. And then the summer of 21, the World Championships will be in okay. the brand-new Hayward Field. So you can buy Olympic trials tickets right now. And again, did I mention the U.S. team is the best team in the world by right. far. So they always say the best track meet in the world by far is actually the U.S. trials. It is harder to get on the USA track and field team than it is to win a medal, really. Because right. anyway, so, um, but Oregon21.com, sign up, and then you'll get all the news about when the tickets actually go on sale. Okay. Because that would be fun. Oh, it, it's going to it's gonna be super. And there, I think there will be events all over the state. Uh, so, but none of that has been announced yet. So, so forget, okay. so forget I said that. <laughs> well, Liz, fascinating report. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I was nervous you going to the Middle East. You never know. Uh -huh. That's a long way to go in an international event. Was security evident and tight? Mm -hmm. Yeah, security. It took them a few days to really get it together. <laughs> Again, like Rio. So, like Rio. Yeah. But the, okay, Liz, I have one more question. Mm -hmm. can, can I get one of those little pins? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was very proud that I had it. thousands of okay. pins with All you. Right. Yeah, it was uh, that part of it was fun. That's so, such an international sporting thing, the pin. You got to mm -hmm, have it. It's mm -hmm. good to have. Yeah, maybe, the... maybe, can I get pins for all my grandchildren? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're not I'll put my order in. <laughs> We're not supposed to ask Liz on air for that stuff. That's supposed to happen <laughs> I, off air. No, I'm happy to do I, it. I think I, I think I came home with a whole extra bag that I never got around to. 
to giving out. So uh, I have your grandchildren covered for Christmas, Jewel. How about that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. We're going to be uh, doing Entertaining Sisters next. All right. So coming Ooh. up, you know, we mentioned that Sheila's going to be here next week. Should we give her an assignment of any kind? Well, she's there... going to tell us about the wedding. Oh, that's right. Oh, right? yeah. Remember? Oh. Mother of the Bride report. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be yeah. awesome. We have a full report on that. Yeah. 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 Both, you know, pre-wedding, post-wedding, the whole, the wedding itself. So that will be good. <laughs> okay. And I have had some actual conversations with Sheila lately, and she might have some other stuff to share. Okay. Just saying. So she's got some I think, stuff going I think on. it's going to be good. We'll have, we'll have some things to talk about. Sure. Um, um, well, you know what? This is our time in the show when we do the Entertaining Sisters. And I want to start off, Liz, while you were away last week, Leon and I talked about a number of books that we had to recommend. And one book that Leon recommended was Ann Patchett's new book, The Dutch House. Well, lo and behold, this weekend, I had a chance to hear Ann Patchett. And so she's on our Entertaining Sisters this list, not so much for her book, but she's on a 31-city book tour. And I want to tell everyone, run, don't walk, go see Ann Patchett. Because Ann Patchett, in addition to being uh, a New York Times bestselling author, she also now spends a lot of time interviewing other authors. She's kind of like the Leon Dolan and Liz Dolan of uh, of the part of Nashville, only on a big scale. Like people all, you know, all the world's great authors want um, Ann Patchett to in, uh, interview her because in addition to writing, Ann Patchett is co-owner of the Parnassus Bookstore in Nashville, Tennessee. And I would say she is a book lover's book lover. Uh, so her talk was not really about the new book, Leanne, but mm. was about every other, all of her favorite authors and favorite books. Yeah. And we are going to put a link at Satellite Sisters and Patchett.com where you can see her list. And it's everything from J.K. Rowling's adult fiction to Melinda Gates to a young adult author, Kate De, uh, De, De Camillo. <laughs> Kate Camillo, yeah. Do you know her, Leon? Yeah, yeah. She's, yes. She She's wrote because of Wind Dixie. Elizabeth and... Gilbert, Zadie Smith. It was next to Leon Dolan's book talks. I would have to say Ann Patchett's book talk was the best I've ever been to. So hey. she's coming your way. She's going to be in Romans in Pasadena. So if you have a chance, check it out. All the dates are at her website. So that's my first recommendation. Oh, yeah. She's going to be uh, at San Francisco, Chicago, Milwaukee, East Troy, Minneapolis, Asheville, Raleigh, Winston-Salem. She's covering a lot of ground. Good for her. She's uh, so she, uh, it is something to see and to hear. So um, I recommend that. My my second recommendation today is for a small movie uh, that you can find on the small screens or one of your small screens. Uh, and it's called The Operative and it stars Diane Kruger. And this is this is not like world's big blockbuster, but I love this movie because she plays a Mossad agent that is sent to Iran. So the movie, Liz, I, I watched it because I was thinking of you. It's mm -hmm. set in the Middle East. It's the story of a woman, and it's the woman's story, and it's and trying to be an agent, an uh, an operative in a foreign land and what happens to her, how she, you know, the, the conflicts in her role, she play, it's tight, it's tense. Um, I really enjoyed it. And it's just, it was very unusual that it was, you know, from the woman's point of view. So I want to recommend that it's called the operative and you can find it somewhere on one of your systems. Okay. Small I, I, okay. I'm actually, I'm doing some research as you speak. So just to let people know, you can find it on Amazon Prime, Google Play, yeah. YouTube, or Vudu for purchase for three ninety nine. Okay, thank so you, Leanne. You've heard that here. Don't, okay. don't email us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Julie, that looks good. I like Diane Kruger a lot as an actress. Yeah, I do too, She's yeah. Good. Okay, speaking of that, Julie, one of the things I love about working on Sunset Boulevard, one day a week. If I had to commute her every day, it would not feel the same way. But one day a week, I drive down Sunset, which is just filled wall to wall with giant billboards for entertainment companies, movies, TV, new music. There are product ads, which are basically just Bradley Cooper staring off into space, wearing <laughs> expensive sunglasses or watches. But every week, I learn about a new like TV show or movie that's coming out that I'm excited about. Julie, 
This one has your husband's name and my husband's name written all over it. Holy cow, they finally made a TV show, show called Treadstone. Okay. Oh, oh. Going back to the Jason Bourne series it is going to be a weekly show from the very best network to do it, USA. Because wow. USA does not overthink things. This is not <laughs> going to be Homeland. You know what I mean? This is just uh -huh. going to be a slick, you know, drama, treadstone yeah. with attractive cast members and just a slight veneer of cheese on top. And it's going to move along every week. So set your DVR, USA Network, October 15th. That premieres. Okay? Wow. And that, that is music to my ears. It is. I'm really I know. I'm really getting tired of watching <laughs> NCIS. I know. Which... Oh, my gosh. I know. I know, or dreary <laughs> British d detective shows on Netflix where, oh, every, oh, they're all the same. Okay, and then this is a TV show I can't really recommend, but I can just say I'm relieved. A TV show premiered last week on Fox called Almost Family. And when I read about the description about like three sisters that come together and they learned like, there's oh, thing. Ooh, there's, ooh, there's sisters late in life. I thought, oh my gosh, that's the plot of my book. And this is really, really bad for me. You know, <laughs> I mean, it is possible to simultaneously be developing the same idea. Yes. And I thought this could really crush any book or movie deal. I for might the have Sweeney sisters? for the Sweeney sisters. And I'm happy to report almost family is nothing like my book. It, and, oh, it's, good. and it's not even going to last very long because they took what could have been a great show with three really great actresses in, in the middle and a great production team. I don't know. Just not quite working, but they may turn the ship around. But there you go. Not my book is all I really cared about. <laughs> okay. Good report, Liam. Yeah. And then finally, a little quick hit. I went to the opera this weekend to see La Boheme. Have you ever seen La Boheme performed? I think I have at mm -hmm. the Met in New yes. York. You know, go again. It's beautiful. Liam. Oh my gosh, that music is beautiful. I mean, I hadn't seen it since high school, and it is like a greatest hits of opera. Like even yeah. if you haven't listened to a lot of opera, you're like, oh, I know that song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, skaters skate to that song. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> oh, that was in a movie. Yeah. yeah. Car commercial. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, fantastic production at the L.A. Opera. I enjoyed my afternoon at the opera. Okay, now this is going to be really easy to go from La Boheme to Waco, Texas, yeah. and Chip and Joanna Gaines, because that's where we're going, because there's some breaking news, and we're really happy to hear this, that Chip and Joanna Gaines are going to be opening a boutique hotel in Waco, Texas, and it's going to be within walking distance of their shops at the silo. So you see how this is all going to develop, uh, Liz and Lee. And Liz, I, I don't I don't. Ex no, I, I'm not inviting you because I, I know you won't do this. No, I but won't. But Leon, when you're when you come to Texas, okay, when you come to Texas in the spring, okay. I think we're this we can do an all-in trip here that we can take the little Segway down to Waco, stay in the boutique hotel, shop at the silos, go to a couple of those junkadoodle stores that <laughs> uh, that Joanna and Chip are always shopping in, and really go all in on Fixer Upper. What do you say? Uh, that sounds fun. I mean, I yeah. appreciate that. They're going head to head with the pioneer woman, you know, because she's got the hotel now and oh, she does. wherever yeah. she lives in Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 So and I know people on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page have mm -hmm. been have been to the Pioneer Women's mm -hmm. Hotel. So this is good. I like the head to head competition. So <laughs> that sounds what's it called, Julie? Do you know or is that is that should I have not it, asked uh, that? That is that is a that is a question too far. It's it's Waco, Texas. It's the it's the old hotel. Right in the center of okay. that's it. Okay, <laughs> sorry, you're not going to miss call it. it Shiplap okay? House, and they're and they're they're partnering with a uh, with a construction company that sort of specializes mm -hmm. in renovating old hotels. They did the Pontchartrain Hotel in New Orleans. They did an old hotel in Chicago. It's going to be very nice, and so that's what I know. Okay, well, get on those reservations. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll book us in. <laughs> All right. We would like to uh, thank anything else. Anyone? I mean, we have a to-do list, but anyone yeah. got any anything else pressing? No. <laughs> okay. Like, um, yeah, just the to-do list. All right. All right. We would like to thank uh, everyone at Wondery here who supports Satellite Sisters. Thanks to our engineer, Scott. Scott, I don't know your last name. <laughs> Scott is... <laughs> thank you so much, Scott. You're filling in for Sergio. I, I can't even see your head. You're behind the computer, but thank you. We appreciate it. He figured it out. Oh, there he is. He figured out the new studio. Thanks to everyone at Wondery. We'd like to thank our advertisers for this show. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, Ritual, Rothy's, and Liquid IV. Thanks for your support of Satellite Sisters. And thank you, Satellite Sisters, for supporting our sponsors. We really appreciate it. 
Be sure if you want to, you know, join in on the action 24-7, join our Facebook group. You can just ask to join at Satellite Sisters. That's the group name. We have a couple of questions that you have to answer, so we approve you, so we mm -hmm. know you're a real person. Um, but again, no trick questions. They're very <laughs> simple. But there are a lot of good discussions happening this week on the, on the Facebook group and every week. But I always enjoy heading over there, so if you want the magic to last all, all week long. Go to the Facebook group. You can follow us on Instagram at Sat Sisters. Uh, I'm at Leanne Dolan on Insta and Twitter. Liz, you're I'm at Satellite Sister Liz. Mm -hmm. And then and, I'm, and I don't I think I'm Julie oldest sister. Something like that. This is all <laughs> We're gonna start putting that at the bottom of the rundown. <laughs> you you are social media handles. Thanks, Joel. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I posted a lot on, at, at Sat Sisters uh, with the hashtag Sat Sisters Travel. Right. That's something we encourage you to use whenever you're on your travels. But we, we've also gotten in the habit of doing a little live hit on Instagram right, be right before we start recording the show on Tuesdays, right, yeah, Leanne? So yeah. it's live to us. It's not live to you. Well, it'll be live on, on Instagram, but the okay. show is not okay. live. You get it. Yeah. The more we talk about Instagram, the stupider we sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's true. We can't, we can't explain what it is. <laughs> or what we're doing. Or, or what our, what our, our names, handles are. Names are. Okay. It's Ooh. amazing we do it at all. That's what I say. We do so much. <laughs> I think we all caught Liz's jet lag. All right. <laughs> To-do list for the week. Julie, what do you have going on? Flu shots. Okay. Urban Nana has another assignment coming up, and I, I want to I wanna go in strong. I'm going to take my ritual vitamins, and I'm getting my flu shot this week. Yep. Great. Liz, what are you up to? Well, I know what you're really asking yourselves out there. You're thinking... <laughs> Where's Hooper? Right. right. I didn't want okay. to mention yeah. it. Okay. I was gone for two weeks, and then I'll admit I'm leaving town again tomorrow because we're doing a little Welcome Home U.S. Athletes in Eugene, Oregon uh, on Thursday. So I'm leaving town immediately. So Hooper's been at the, you know, the fancy dog ranch up in Topanga Canyon. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a little bit of a, let's say, obedience brush up. Uh, so, but what they want me to do is like stop in occasionally during the time that it went during my transition time. So we can like have some lessons together. Oh, so, he's so been, it's kind of like a prison visit, Liz. Is I that know, what you're doing? I know, Julie, I just don't know. It was hard enough to leave him there two weeks ago. I, know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I'm going up oh. there this afternoon. We're supposed to have a one hour lesson together and then I have to leave him again. But I figure sooner or later they learn that you're always going to come back, right? I don't know how dogs relate really that. That's what. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm doing this afternoon at three o'clock. Hooper and I have a an obedience okay. lesson together. And believe me, I know I'm the problem. Uh, you know, right. You have to be the alpha dog, which apparently I'm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, that's what I'm doing today. Just a yeah, a little vi visit to Hooper, at, and this is the dog ranch that our listener uh, Kira Sundance, oh, you right. know, who trains dogs for television and movies. She recommended this place, so you know he's been there before. He he likes being around other dogs. Anyway, <laughs> just I know, keep telling yourself. I know that. I'm over explaining because <laughs> I feel so got, guilty about it. That's a lot of guilt coming at you, Liz. So just you just give him a nice hug, you know, yeah. just do you know, and carry okay. on. Okay, I will. I thought you were going to say that you were going to go have lunch with Hooper, which seemed. <laughs> <laughs> really stupid, but okie doke. All right. Thanks so much for listening to everybody today. And uh, thanks for sharing the sisters. We always appreciate it. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>